Welcome everyone to day four in our 30-day journey through 30 scriptures. 30 days, 30 scriptures. We've reached day four, scripture number four, and hopefully this has been beneficial so far. Now, some people have not liked the new theme music, but it's really kind of there to, to have a little bit of fun, right? We're trying something because, well, what we tried before did not work, so I'm trying to be over the top, like this is some epic journey, when really it isn't just an attempt to try to make the best of what didn't really go so well in the first attempt. So we're taking 30 days to look at 30 scriptures, all because Charles Stanley wrote a book called 30 Life Principles that to this day, I still don't understand how he came up with those life principles based off the scriptures he provides. I still don't understand it. I've tried to understand it. So what I'm doing is like, okay, here's the principle. Let's look at the scripture and then we will do everything in our power. You can participate, obviously, by emailing me, newsif at yahoo.com to give me what principles you find in these scriptures. But we're trying to see what script, what principles we think actually comes from the scriptures. Charles Stanley provides some principles, and we're like, I think you had the principle first, and you tried to impose it on the text. So what we're doing is like, okay, there's Charles Stanley's principle. Let's go look at the text, and then we'll like, okay, we're going to come up with our own principles, or we may even decide, you know what? I don't think an actual principle can be derived from this text. I don't think the text is really designed to do that. And if that's the case, then we will I will state that when I say we, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretending we're all working on this together. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's naive to think that, but I think we're all in this together. That's the way I'm viewing it. We're all in this epic journey to try to find the principles from these 30 scriptures. And we're trying to do this all within 30 days. And I'm trying my best to keep these episodes as short as possible. I wanted to say 30 scriptures, 30 days, 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 principles. One, I knew I was going to end up with more principles than Charles Stanley ended up with, which that has already proven to be true. I knew there was no way I could do it within 30 minutes, so I didn't even try to advertise that. But I, I am doing everything I can to do this in 30 consecutive days as we look at 30 scriptures. Now, just to remind you, the way I'm doing this <laughs> is, is very nerve-wracking. I'm simply grabbing my Kindle, opening it up to the book, 30 Light Principles, clicking on the next principle, and then just looking at the scripture in real time. No advanced study, no advanced preparation. And the reason I'm doing that is because if I start looking at this in advance, well, I, then it's going to turn in, okay, for the next six weeks, we're going to study this chapter. And so I'm just trying to force myself, okay, if I just look at this scripture, in real time, what can I do with it to try to be accurate and consistent? So that means in some cases, we're not looking at the entire chapter. We're not looking at all of the context. We're just kind of looking at that scripture that is provided by Charles Stanley. I'm like, okay, what can we do with this that is not doing damage to the verse or to the text? So it's it's very much in real time. It's, it's, it's very much, you know, reacting at the moment. So that means... Some of these are going to be, I think, hopefully, you will say, wow, that was epic in a good way. And then some of these, you're going to be like, that was epic, 
but in a bad way. But whether it's epic in a good way or whether it's epic in a bad way, okay, no matter which one, epic in a good way or epic in a bad way, here's the good thing. At least it has an epic music. At least it has an epic intro, right? That that's that's kind of the joke here. That I don't know if it's going to be epic in a good way or a bad way. It could be epically bad, but at least it's. I just I just find it a little bit fun and and trying to have a little bit of fun. But the most important thing, while we're having a little bit of fun, we are well, we're looking at the Word of God, which can be fun and hopefully can be beneficial. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm nervous about this. Some of some of these I, I remember because, I've, of course, I've looked at this book numerous times trying to figure these out, and then I forget about it. So some of these, when I look at the principle, I, I'm like, okay, I, I remember that verse at least to some level, or I just remember the verse because of, you know, reading and studying it in the past. And some of these, when I, as soon as I look at them, I'm going to just go into a complete panic going, I don't know what I'm getting ready to read. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. Because what we've seen so far in day one, day two, and day three, and I'm not reviewing all of the principles that I've given you, we are going to make a list at some point. We are going to make a list and then we'll post it probably maybe at the Theology Central blog. Maybe I'll post, I'll post it wherever I can. But we will make a list of all the principles we're coming up with, with the scripture that we, that we derive those principles from. So at some point, we will put this all together. I should have already been thinking about typing these out. I do have them here in my notebook because live on the air, I'm writing them down as I come up with them, okay? Which, again, it's all all pretty crazy what we're trying to do, but I, I hope it, I hope it's fun. But yeah, some of these, I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I just don't know. And uh, I, I'm getting, I'm getting really nervous, but we're, 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 I'm not going to review any of the previous principles. So you can go back and listen. And when we're finally done, I'll probably do an episode. I, well, I won't do an episode. Well, I may go do an episode where I, I read the scripture and give you all the principles, maybe, but we'll, we'll post it somewhere so that you can see them because I, I hope at least I've had more <laughs> I've had more emails about the the intro music than anything else I've said. So what I've said hasn't proven to be beneficial to anyone, <laughs> but the intro music, oh, everyone had an opinion about that. And, you know, it just, sometimes it's so hilarious what you get emails about. Like I just gave all of these principles based off a verse in Genesis or numbers. And it's like, nope, I'm going to talk about the intro music. And I'm like, but I, I offered all of these principles. Did you find one of them okay? Did you find any of them maybe decent or any of them even helpful? I want to talk about your intro music. <laughs> it, yeah, it, 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 being a podcaster sometimes, it, 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 it's funny to just see how people react. But are you ready? I'm delaying because I'm, I'm worried about this one. I'm worried about this one. Here we go. I'm going to open up my Kindle. All right, because I, here we go. All right, I'm going to give you the principle first. Life principle four. Day four, scripture four, all right? Here is the principle. The awareness of God's presence energizes us for our work. The awareness of God's presence energizes us for our work. Now, that's the principle as written by Charles Stanley. Again, these are principles that he came up with over 50 years of preaching that have made up. He's preached these principles in so many different ways over 50 plus years of preaching, all right? 
Okay. Yeah. Someone just said, because the music is the most important. Well, you would think it is. I, I, you would think, I, you think that I have killed three people and that I, they, they didn't get it. They're like, you, you just think you're so important. You got this, this old grandiose music where you think your, your podcast is so, so essential. And then you start talking, demonstrating, you don't, you're, you're an idiot. And I'm like, okay, just everyone calm down. Everyone, I think everyone just missed the point. It's supposed to be over the top. It's supposed to be over the top. It's supposed to be ridiculous because in some ways what I'm trying to do is a little bit ridiculous because in some ways I think the 30 life principles Charles Stanley came up with are ridiculous because I don't think the scriptures he gave actually proves the principles he provides. So the whole thing's ridiculous, all right? So, all right, here we go. So there is the principle. The awareness of God's presence energizes us for our work. I'm not going to spend time looking at the principle, but here is the, now again, that's the principle of Charles Stanley. That's not ours. What we all care about right now is the verse he gives to supposedly prove this principle. And all of these, almost all of these are Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 20, Verse one. Oh, I'm so worried about this. I don't. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. This could. This could be. This could end up bad. This could end up bad. This could be like a 15 minute episode, right? I may just read this verse and go. Uh, okay. All right. Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse one. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots, and a people more than thou. Be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots, and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, before we say anything else, remember the principle that Charles Stanley gave? The awareness of God's presence energizes us for our work. Now, when when he talks about that, a lot of people will, will talk about the awareness of God's presence as some feeling, some idea. And this is simply, hey, you don't have to feel it. You don't have to seek it. Just know that the Lord thy God is with thee. It's a fact. It's a stated fact. He's with thee. Now, of course, first of all, we can't just remove this from its historical context. When God is with Israel, in the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, remember they have the tabernacle and his presence is like literally there's a visible manifestation of his presence right there. So you can't, it drives me crazy when people go, go, they go running to the Old Testament and grab some of these ideas because it's a completely different perspective here. So then we try to apply it to our situation. I'm like, okay, if you if you feel his awareness, if you if you can if you can f- train yourself to to feel his awareness, then you'll be energized for your work. It just the whole thing begins to just fall apart and crumble, and it just becomes weird, kind of a weird mind game. That's not what we're talking about. So we're talking in a historical situation. God let Israel know that when you go out to battle against your enemies and you see all of their weapons, you see all of their 
their armies, you see all of their power, you see all of their military advantage. When you see that, do not be afraid of them, for because the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. I'm going to read it from a different translation. Uh, Deuteronomy, I'm in the book of Numbers. Okay. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 20. I got some ideas coming to my mind here. Deuteronomy chapter 20. Remember, I'm doing this in real time. So you got, you, sometimes I have to, re, some, I think someone said, you kept reading the verse too many times. You repeated yourself too many times. I'm doing this in real time. You got to let my brain, I got, my brain's trying to process exactly how to approach this. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse one. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses, chariots, and an army larger than yours, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. All right, here's what I'm going to say. Now, first of all, we got to be very careful with this passage. Remember, this is specific promise to a specific people in a specific historical setting, and God was, was with them in a, in, in a, in a very visible and, and a very present way. I mean, there, there, was no, there was no question about his presence. He was there. All right. Now, we do believe as believers that God is with us. Instead of dwelling in a tent with a Shekinah glory, with uh, God doesn't obviously reveal himself in the exact same ways, and all of the things that happened in Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, and that time period, there, there was a, a completely different way in which God made his presence known. Right. So it's very different in our time. I think we can all agree with that. But we have to believe this as a believer. And this goes right with, hopefully you've come across verses that support this concept, that if you are a believer, you are indwelt with the spirit of God right now. He is with you. He is inside of you. You are now the temple of the living God. He dwells within you. Now, exactly what that means in every way, shape, or form, and what that does, yes, there's much dispute within church history, but there is no dispute about this. He indwells us. He indwells us. Christ said he would be with us to the end of the age. And he is with us. And the spirit is in us. That is a fact. We, we know that. It's not about a feeling. It's about not something mysterious that we have to try to pursue or seek. It is just a fact that if you are a believer, the spirit of God indwells you. He is with you. That is a fact. It is different from what this Deuteronomy situation is focusing on a historical situation for the people of Israel, but it, it but the concept is applicable to us in this way. God is with us as well. He is inside of us. He indwells with us. He has not. He said he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. So God is with us as well. Just the manifestation of that presence is somewhat different. All right, so here's what I want to do, All right? I think there's two. I think there's two principles here. I think there, now if I, if again, if I was doing this in front of the people at church, I would be like, okay, I think there's two principles. Give me yours. And then people would come up with principles and I'd probably be like, what in the world? Where, how did you come up with that? Okay, and then I would give them mine and then someone would be like, nope, Disagree. Okay, so so not everyone's going to agree on this, but we're going to do our best. So I'm going to grab my notebook here. All right, I'm going to go back to the page. All right, 
we have, we've come up with eight principles so far now. So this will be te technically number nine, but number one for today, number one for today is this. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Let me read it again. Deuteronomy 20, verse one. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemy and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. All right. How do I want to word this? We must... We must believe, how do I want to say this? Because I, I, I don't like the word awareness. Now, the problem is by reading his principle, it begins to kind of place a, an idea in your mind, a word in your mind. And I don't want to put the word awareness. I know it can be used in a correct way, but it just seems like you seek a feeling, right? So I think this, we must, We must see all circumstances in light of the reality that God is with us. We must see all circumstances in the light of the fact that God is with us. God is present with us and in us. We must see every circumstance in that light. No, no matter how bad the circumstance is, no matter how bad the news is, no matter how bad the situation is in the world, God is with us. It may not feel, it's not about a feeling. It's not about a feeling. It's not about some kind of, you know, supernatural experience. No, 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 no. It's just a fact that as a Christian, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. He is with you. He is inside of you. No matter what you are experiencing, no matter what you feel, you must see everything. I, I'm going to say this. We must see every circumstance and emotion in light of the fact that God is present in us and with us. Now, I added a little bit there, and here's the reason why. All right, so I must see every circumstance and uh, I must see every circumstance and emotion. Now, I, I put circumstance because circumstance is that which is external to me, right? External, right? I can look at the world, I can look at, you know, I can look at war, death gun violence, the economy. I mean, right now there's a lot of things going on in the world. And immediately sometimes when you see the circumstances, your first thought is, God, where are you? You have abandoned me. No, but the fact is, God is with me. God is in me, no matter what the circumstances are. But I must also see the emotion that I feel in light of that reality. Remember, I, I, you, you, if you've ever gone to counseling, maybe a counselor pointed this out. Remember, you have to see your life as a train, right? You have the engine, right? That's the thing that drives everything, right? That's the, that, that's the engine that drives everything. Then you have the cars, 
right? And then you have the caboose, right? And I know a lot of trains today, if you see them, they don't really have the caboose. But just see, the, the end car, whatever the end car is. And a lot of times what we put as the engine is emotion. We put emotion And emotions, when it's driving the train, it's crazy. The train's going to go fast. It's going to go slow. It's going to stop. It may start backing up. It's going to, it's just, it's, it's all over the place. It's erratic. It is just, it's a mess. You can't have emotions driving the train because that it'll, it'll just fall over. Okay. It was just like, that's the end. I, I give up. I'm done because you know how emotions, if I live my life based on emotion, Oh man. Okay. Whenever, put it this way, not if I let, whenever I do allow emotions to drive the train, it almost always leads to bad decisions, saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, feeling the wrong thing. It's, it's just a really, 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 really bad thing. So here's what I would say. The, the engine, right? The engine has to be led by truth, truth. And I think truth is God's word, right? Right. It's, it's, Truth is God's word. That's the engine. Then the second car has to be faith. Now, some people put put faith first. I understand that. I just like, no, I have truth. Here's God's word. It's true whether I have faith in it or not. It's true. So I'm going to say truth. And then faith is my believing that truth, even when I don't want to, even when I don't understand it. So it's truth. It's faith. Then emotion is the last, is the last car. Emotion is the last car. The last car. So when it comes to this principle in Deuteronomy 21, just think, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and see horses and chariots, there's the circumstances. So you go out and you see those are circumstances, right? Now, what happens when you see horses and chariots and a people more than thou? Now, this verse doesn't mention it, but what happens when you go out and see those circumstances? You start feeling things. You get in an emotion like, oh, we're going to die. This is the end. We're all going to be slaves. We're all going to be killed. This is the end of Israel. This is the end of everything. Where is God? Why did he lead us here? And you're going to start grumbling. You're going to start complaining because Israel did this every time they ended up in a horrible situation. Oh, why did you lead lead us here to die? So I think that in a way, even though the text is not explicit, it does cover these circumstances and the, the emotions are at least implied because we have other examples of Israel whenever they see a horrible circumstances, how they respond. So what we have to do, we must see every circumstance and every emotion. So I must take circumstances and emotions and I have to put them in a sense in the back of the train. And I must then move the train forward based off the fact that God is present in us and with us. I must see every circumstance and every emotion in light of that fact. It's a fact. God is with me. God is in me. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what circumstances say. It is a fact. It is a fact. Sometimes one of the things about Bible study is you're gathering the facts. You're just, you're get fact, fact, fact. It's a fact. God is holy, fact. God is love, fact. Now, and by faith, I have to believe in that. But it goes beyond my feelings or emotions or what I want or what I don't want. The, the, the Bible is all about here are the facts and it has nothing to do with your feelings or emotions. 
I think it's a very important life principle that whenever you start talking about a circumstance, whenever you start sharing your emotion, no one should disregard your emotions. No one should disregard your concern about circumstances. You have to be allowed to vent that. And it may be vented in a, in a, in a, a lament where you cry out and you scream out your anger and your bitterness. But at some point, You have to stop and take a deep breath and remember, I must see these things. I must see these things in light of the fact that God is present in me and with me. All right. Uh, Because I, I think that brings stability. That brings a correct perception. I think so many of our issues in life is because we don't see things correctly. We see them incorrectly. We see things through the lens of emotion. We see things through the lens of, well, the circumstance determines how we view things. So many many of our wrong decisions is because we are responding through the focus of the emotion or the circumstance, not because of the fact that, no, God is with me. He has not abandoned me. He is here. He is, he, he is, he has not left the throne. He has not moved away. He is with me. And it's hard to remember that. Okay. It is hard to remember that. I'm opening up my, the speaker app really quick, just to make sure that if anyone comments, I don't lose anything because after so many things start uh, disappearing. All right. So, right. So far, so good. So far, so good. Now, I believe there's one more. I believe there's one more principle. Right, so principle, principle number one for today, we must see every circumstance and emotion in light of the fact that God is present in us and with us. Now, there's another one. Do you see it? When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with Thee. Then we have that last phrase, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Points, this is very important. In Deuteronomy 20, he looks at a present situation and he wants them to see the present situation in light of a present fact. Present situation must be seen in the light of a present fact. That present fact is God is with you, right? But he wants them to see their present situation also in the light of God's past actions, He wants them to see their present circumstances in light of a present reality, and he wants to see their present circumstance in light of God's past actions. So, we must see every circumstance and emotion in light of the fact that God is present in us and with us, and we must see... Every circumstance and emotion uh, I'm going to put in light 
of God's past action. All right. So he wants them to see. I, I may, I may, wor- I may, I may work on that a little bit more because I don't like using exactly the same phrase. But I want you to see. He wants them to see their present situation with a present reality, present circumstances with a present reality. God is with you. Then he wants them to see that present circumstance with a with the with a, uh, a reminder of the past. Sounds a little bit like Jude. He wants them to rem- be reminded of the past. God delivered you out of Egypt. See your certain your your current situation in light of God's past actions. Now, what a lot of people will tell you to do, what a lot of people will tell you to do is they will do a lot of, okay, try to remember, you know, grab a prayer journal, remember when God answered this prayer or that prayer or this prayer or that prayer. And you can try that, but then a lot of times you'll be like, well, you know, I think sometimes you can, you can, you can start talking yourself out of what God may have done for you in the past. This is what I would say. It is always important to look at your present circumstances and your present emotion in light of God's past actions that we have right here in scripture. He sent his son for you. He sent his son and his son died for you. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. You've been adopted into the family of God. Your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. Uh, you, you, are, you have been justified. You have been declared righteous. You can go to those very concrete things that God has done in the past, you can talk about how God redeemed Israel or how God delivered Israel from e- Egypt. He brought Judah back from Babylonian captivity. You, oh, you can look to those biblical things that God has done. You can look to the biblical things he's done because that we believe is inspired scripture. There's no question about it. There's no talking yourself out of it. It's right here. So we must see every circumstance and emotion in light of the fact that God is present in us and with us right now. We must see present circumstances in light of a present fact. God is with us. Then we must see every circumstance and emotion in light of God's past actions. His past actions show us his love, his mercy, his grace, his power, it shows us what he has done. We have to constantly be reminded of it. Yes, we can see what God did for Egypt. We Now, sometimes that can, now, th- this, this is a double-edged sword. This is a double-edged sword because sometimes, sometimes what happens is we'll look at God's past action like, well, if you did it then, could you not help me out now? That's why what I tend to do, what I tend to do, because I, because I've had that happen to me. I'm like, well, look, you parted the Red Sea. Wait, you provided manna. Couldn't couldn't you do something like that for me today? But I can't always. Re- I I have to always remind myself that the way God acted in the past towards Israel or a certain situation is no guarantee of how He's going to act in the present with me. So what I tend to do instead of looking at those miraculous things he did for Israel or here or here, here. What I do is look for the past actions he has done for me. All right. I, instead of looking at the past actions of what he did for Israel or for this or this situation, or he raised someone from the dead or he healed someone who was sick. A lot of times we look to those and then we can be very discouraged in the present. We're like, well, wait, you did that in the past. So I don't look to those. So I'm going to say this. We must see every circumstance and 
emotion in light of God's past actions for us, exclamation point. I'm going to look to those things the Bible specifically says God has done for me. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Christ hung on a tree to redeem me from the curse of the law. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I can look to things like, uh, I'll give you an example. I can give you an example. Um, See, here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse three, blessed be God, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, um, and whom we have redemption through his blood. I can look at those specific actions. He elected me. He predestined me. He redeemed me. He saved me. He forgave me. All I can look at all of those specific things which he did for me. To me, that is a better strategy because if I start looking, I, I, I can't speak for you, but I mean, sometimes I'll be facing a, cir- a, set, a set of circumstances and I'll be like, well, God, you... <laughs> You could fix this in two seconds. I mean, look what you did for Israel. Look what you did here. Look what you did here. I mean, come on, come on, come on. You can fix this. Come on. And well, it doesn't always work out that way, which can lead to discouragement. I know you may be more spiritual than me and you've never done that, but I think it can, I think it literally can lead to more discouragement than help. So for me, I'm going to focus on what I know God has done for me in the past. Those past actions he did for me predestining, predestining, electing, calling, uh, choosing, redeeming, forgiving, saving, adopting, indwelling, uh, on and on, preserving, keeping. He's not going to lose. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. These things that he has done for me specifically. So I'm going to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. So when, whenever you and I go out to, now, now here this is specifically to Israel, but whenever we go out and we see the enemy, we see the horses, we see the chariots, we see a people greater than us. Whenever we go out, we see circumstances. We see all of these things that are going to overwhelm us and shows us our lack of ability, shows us our our insecurities, shows us everything. Whenever we see that, we must remember, we must must view that present situation and a, a far greater present reality that, as this says, for the Lord thy God is with thee. For the Lord thy God is with thee. You should look up every passage in the New Testament that would be promises directed specifically for us, clearly indicating that God is with us, that God is is in us and with us, because that's a fact. That's a fact. That's That's not taking anything out of context, right? Deuteronomy is reminding Israel that God is with them, but we've got New Testament verses that say God is with us. We need that. We need to always see present circumstances with that present fact. But then he goes on to remind them, 
for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Present situation with a present reality, present situation with a past fact. Present situation, God is with us. We look at every circumstance and every emotion with a past, with the past, or as I said this, in light of God's past actions for us. I want you to just write down three or four past actions that God has done for you in the past, but it was done for you, not for Israel, not for David, not for Abraham, not for Joseph, not for for, uh, Joshua, but for you. Those have three or four written down, three or four verses that say, right there, God is present with us, and three or four verses that say, this is what he has done for me. And then whenever, whatever you face, Whatever you feel, you, you in a sense, it, you turn your back from the situation and from the feeling, and you're like, here are the facts. This is the present reality, and this is what God has done for me in the past. I think that's a strategy that will be invaluable in you moving forward in your Christian life. Hopefully, someone will find those two principles far more important than the theme music that we're currently using. The over-the-top, over-dramatic, epic music. I hope what someone will say, I hope at some point. Now, it's not good to tell people what you want to hear, but what I want to hear is that someone say, the principles, you've given us 10 principles right now, In four days, you've given us 10 principles, and these principles are far more epic than the music. The music is over the top. The music is a little like, wink, wink, don't you get it? I'm being over the top. Yes, but I hope you realize that the 10 principles are not a joke. There's nothing funny about that. Those, I believe, are biblically sound principles that were derived from the verses we have looked at. There we go. Now, again, if someone is making a list of all of them, if someone's making a list of all of these and you've got it nice and typed out, or if you've got great handwriting in your journal, like it doesn't look like the, the, the handwriting of a blind medical doctor on crack, like mine does, if you've got like actually good handwriting, then take a screenshot and post it in the Discord channel or you can email it to me, newsifyahoo.com, where we can keep track of these principles because I hope before we're done, You know, it's going to be the summer of 2022, and hopefully, I don't know how many principles we're going to end up with, but I hope these principles serve. I mean, you may not need any of these principles right now. You may not even care, but I just know the way life works. Sooner or later, we're going to be like, man, I remember that principle. I mean, I I I need that principle right now. You may not need it today, but most likely you will need some of these principles sooner or later. And and look, we're all going to forget them. We're all going to fall short of them. That's why we have to be saved by something other than our own works. But there you have it. 10, if I can turn the page, 10 principles. 10. Now, we want 41 minutes. See, I want to I review them, but I'm not. I'm not. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. Now, if you if you disagree with any of the principles I've come up with and you don't believe the scripture supports said principle, by all means, let me know because the last thing I want to do is try to be making these verses say something they are not. 
That's what I'm trying to, uh, that's what I'm trying to correct. Because I believe that in many cases, what Charles Stanley did with these verses, I don't understand. And sometimes I look at the principle like, how did you get that? How did you get that? He, I, I, you know, I, and again, sometimes he may have chosen a word that I wouldn't have chosen, but hey, their present circumstances need, was met with a present reality and a past reminder. That's what I see in the verse. All right, I'll stop there. You can email me, newsifyahoo.com, newsifyahoo.com. That's newsifyahoo.com. For those who hear this, who are also participating in the Bible study exercise, if you listened to the Bible study exercise last night, where we dealt with John chapter 3, and we have to be born again of water and the Spirit, uh, if you've got a different, whatever your interpretation is of water there, uh, please also let me know that as well. And if you haven't listened to that, please go listen to it. Uh, we gave, I think, four different views. The study, the the curriculum gave us three views. They completely, I think they gave one that I'd never thought of, and they left mine out. So we may have ended up with five views. I can't remember. We, we ended up with four, four or five views um, on it, and uh, you, you can let me know your thoughts on that as well. All right, I'll probably going to take a little bit of a break. I may be back and do a little bit more tonight. I don't know. We'll just see. We'll just see. All right. Thanks for listening. Again, newsifyahoo.com. And I just think we got two epic principles. I do. I do. I believe those principles are pretty epic. So, so we're going to go out with some epic music.